Welcome to Nana Tings. For anyone that's listening to this episode, if you ever feel like you need help or need to talk to someone about a mental health crisis, I will be listing different numbers and different prevention organizations in the bio of this episode. So please do not feel afraid to call someone if you need help. And of course, if it is an emergency or something extreme, please call 911. Hey loves, it's part two of my episode with Megan. Last week we got into a little things about porn and sexuality. <laughs> this one's more on a serious note. She is a beautiful and an amazingly strong woman that survived domestic abuse that got seriously, seriously violent. Uh, we have this actually in common. I don't really talk about my story as much, but um, I went through some a weird era of my life back in 2016, 2017, where I dated someone that was uh, abusive towards me mentally, verbally, and physically. And um, it's I just want to give Megan so much kudos and, and love uh, about being vulnerable and opening herself up because it's hard to do. So please grab your drinks and tea, wine, you know what I say, all your things. I got to play some ads and then we're going to really get into this. And before this message, I had a pre-recorded message about some hotlines, so please, if you are a survivor of domestic abuse or going through domestic abuse or any kind of mental health issue or situation that can cause harm in mental health issues, please check out the description and the bio for the phone numbers. Uh, I I truly wish that we lived in a world where this wasn't a thing, right? Uh, But yes, please grab your drinks and you're blunt where the fuck you want and enjoy the ride and stay safe. Hey everyone, I just want to say I have three books out right now and I appreciate the support from all of you, from everyone that got my first book, Falling Androids in Phoenix, to my second, Romance in a Modern World, and my current third, Baby, Antonio's Return. Check it out at Barnes & Noble and also Amazon. You can easily just search my name, Antonio Laranzo, L-I-R-A-N-Z-O, and go get a copy, review it, love it, share it, and all the teens, Okay. Speaking about shock, I really want to bring up this next topic, actually. Um, okay, so we discussed this about your psychotic ex last yes. episode. But I want to, I, we don't have to get into details about him because he does not deserve the space. Um, but getting shot, I just need to discuss the shock. Can you, like, give us, like, how was, like, how was the, yeah, I don't even know how to ask this question. Like, what was the thought process? How was the healing? Like, what? Oh. Probably not healed <laughs> yet. Um, so it happened in May of 2012. Um, so almost 10 years ago. Yeah, I did. Um, and this is somebody that I had been in a relationship with for on and off again, almost two years. So I think August would have made it two years at that point. So 2010. So it was almost, uh, I guess like a year and a half. Um, I had left, uh, one or two times before that. Um, his anger is, was, he was trying to manage it and we were getting closer. (laughs) I don't even know what this means, but almost with every outburst, it was like, yeah, I'll do counseling. Yeah, I'll do that. But it was like every time it felt like we were getting closer to having him go to counseling, but he didn't want to go. And it's clear because if he didn't go, he clearly just didn't want to go. There wasn't, it wasn't that there wasn't any time. It wasn't that there wasn't any money. For someone, right. To get help. No, you can't. They need to want to, to change. And he did it. Um, and it's, you know, what's so funny is I saw um, a post the other day and I think I reshared it somewhere. I don't remember where I reshared it, but it was, um, it was like, it's not that they can't, can't control themselves because they control themselves at work. They control themselves in the commute. They control themselves with their family. It's not that they can't control themselves. It's that they want to fucking hit you. Yeah. And it's, 
And it's like, obviously it paraphrased, but um, even 10 years later, like that shit was, I'm like, yeah, yes, that's exactly what it is. They know <clears throat> that they can do that to you and they will. Uh, and there's almost no repercussions for them. They're not going to jail. They're not losing money and you're not going to hurt them. So why not? Um, okay. So at that point, like we've been through it up and down. He had dislocated my jaw before that he, um, broke my nose. He, uh, did something to like attend him in my knee, but all these times I wasn't allowed to go to the hospital. Oh my uh, it's clear abuse and percent understand and you can see the dynamic of the two people when they're in the hospital and it will get brought up by the professionals so he never wanted to go um to get me medical help if that's anything um <laughs> That's fucking crazy. Also, as a side note, I don't know if I mentioned this last time, he was at the time studying to be a nurse. So, <laughs> I'm, but it's, it's, it's the people, a lot of times, the people that abuse will take uh, professions and roles uh, where they can help people because it helps them justify. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You rather read that thought. Yep. Okay. So, some of the craziest people are psychologists. No shades, I'll just say, obviously you have a psychiatrist and a therapist, but I also sure. know some that are crazy. Uh, <laughs> but it's almost like they understand it a little, dare I say more, but. Too well. Too well. <clears throat> yeah. So, and the, the funny thing is like, at that time I had already had my degree and my degree was, is in um, exercise physiology and I have a minor in nutrition. Oh, I didn't so, know that work. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Um, so, because be my degree had many nursing courses and like prereqs for nursing so when he was going to school um he was taking classes that I had already taken and so he would come home from school and be like oh yo we like learned about this we learned about that and I'm, I would be like oh my gosh that's awesome I, I I liked this subject or I like this what and he would go like this so you think you're smarter than me and I'm like no I like I, I took the same course. So I like, you want to have a discussion with somebody about it. Like it's exciting and, and it was cool. And he's just like, no, it sounds like you think that you're smarter than me. I'm I like, okay. not like this at all, girl. Like, uh-uh. I want to be like, I am smarter than you, but no. <laughs> so whatever. So that, oh, sorry. that was <laughs> a bigger thing for him. Um, so whatever. That's like a different topic. Um, anyway, so this particular night, his birthday was either that, that, I don't remember, it was the day before or something like that. And um, so we went out to kind of like celebrate. And so we went and had dinner at a place and we um, then went to have drinks and there was like pool and we ended up seeing people that he knew. So like we hung out with those people. Now, mind you, I do want to remind the people that are watching and yeah, people that are watching, people that are listening. I didn't look the way I look right now. I had no visible tattoos. My ears were not stretched. I was not allowed to wear makeup or women's clothing. And um, I oh. had, yeah, I had to wear his clothes. Um, I had like hair, like here, I was not allowed to dye it. So it was like a light brown and I had bangs. So, and I don't have a photo of I was, I also didn't take photos when I was in the relationship because he said that whenever we break up, he doesn't want to have to delete all of them. So <laughs> I'm dating a winner. Um, and like, it's crazy because when I was in it, I'm like, that makes, <laughs> that makes sense. Like, yeah. I guess you don't want to have these like memories and shit. I mean, and he was dealing with trauma too. He had previously been arrested for domestic abuse um from his fiance before me um and she left him no notice no nothing one day which was I think a beautiful thing for her um right. he told me that he woke up one day she had like gone to work or came he came home something like that she wasn't there but her ring was like just like boop, on one of the one of the like credenzas or something and uh or bookcase and like she just never came back and I thought that that was awesome. Um, I was really happy for her. And 
I, I don't know if I would ever meet her in my life, but I hope that she is fucking killing it. Yeah. Um, and just feeling the best. I just, I really do because he is an actual monster. So anyway, I know that there are, we all have traumas and we all have whatever, but you're not allowed to physically take those out on other people, which he didn't agree with. So this particular night, so, so we had been having drinks and we had been having this. Um, I don't think that I had like a crazy amount. We had like, we had sake and then I think like a couple drinks at the um, pool place. And so we end up going, we go home. Um, let me backtrack for a moment. Now I'll tell you, I don't know what kind of gun this was. It was one that you could hold in your hand. It was a gun. Now, I worked at Queen Center Mall um, at Victoria's Secret. Um, I was only allowed to work there because he was under the impression that only women worked there. Um, and I don't know how I even got that job because I had, again, I, didn't, I had no makeup on. Oh, excuse me. When I did get the job, I had um, mascara on. And after I had the interview, I was in the car and I texted him, he was at work and I was like, oh, it, re it went really well. I'm really, you know, I couldn't show too much excitement because that was like a red flag for him for some reason, yeah. because he, I wanted to get away from him, which I guess I did, but I was just excited to have a fucking job and make money and contribute to my life. Little did I know it wasn't my money. It was going to be his anyway. So I have a job and, um, <clears throat> He thought that that area of Queens was uh, like bad. Um, so he used to give me like a knife to carry. And then eventually he got this fucking gun. So he's like, here, carry this. And in my head, I'm like, I can't say no because that'll have repercussions. So I have to say yes. So I, I had it in my bag and uh, I just always carried it with me because that's what I was told to do. No. Um, <laughs> it sounds fucking crazy. Um, Literally, I need like a biopic made of you. Like when you get older, like this. I, it, it's, it, it, yeah. So, so whatever. So we're out. And this is <clears throat> also in Queens. We lived in Queens. So we're out. We're ready to like go home. Dude, it's got to be like midnight. It's definitely not past one o'clock and we get home and we had just moved, not just moved, but a couple months ago at that time, we had moved into this place in Richmond, Richmond Hill, I think. And, um, it was a nice one bedroom, uh, but it was a three, three story walk up, but it, it was like, you walk up the stairs and then you walk up the stairs and that's floor one, walk, walk, that's floor two, like that. Yeah. So it almost, the, the stairwell kind of reminded me of like old school, um, like high school stairwells, <laughs> um, but whatever. And then we lived at the end of the hall. And so we go in and we had a nice place because I kept it really nice because I had to. Um, so he wants to go to sleep. He's ready to go to sleep. Okay, let's go to sleep. So I change and I put on... Um, because I worked for Victoria's Secret, I had like a lot of Victoria's Secret, like um, big, like, uh, like sweatpants. Oh, like and the jumpsuit kind of moments, like yeah. the sweats and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I had those on, I had socks. And then it was like, there was this zip up that he allowed me to keep from before, I think, or right when we started dating. I had to throw out everything that was old, older than six months um, that I owned because he was like, well, you could have worn those for somebody else those being like a pair of pants. He's like, you could have gone on a date uh, with that shirt on before me. So I want you to throw out everything. So I was like, okay, so whatever. So I was allowed to carry the, uh, keep this one zip up. And it was um, like a track, almost like a track jacket. Um, it was really comfy. And I think it had little finger sleeves and that was always one of my faves. So I have that on and it was, I mean, it was early May. So it was still kind of like chilly. Um, and when we came in, first of all, but when we came in the door, he didn't lock the door, which I thought was so weird. Cause usually like it was a slam lock, but when you come home and you're home for the night, you like lock the top yeah. lock. He didn't do that that night. And I thought that was so weird. Um, so whatever, I change into like my sleep gear and uh, I can't remember. I think he was just like in like white tank top, like short, I can't remember. Um, 
but something triggered him and he told me to sit on the bed. And I was like, okay. So I sat on the bed um, and he was drunk, uh, at least enough to have his guard let down, I guess, a little bit for him to start like asking me questions that I don't know what the answers were because they, they were just like, weren't answers. It was weird, but I knew that he was triggered. So at this point I'm like, okay, there's nothing, there's nothing that I can say to deescalate him. So okay. you at, just have to, you just have to take whatever it is that he's doing. So I'm sitting on the bed and he goes, where's the gun? And I'm like, it's, uh, it's in my bag. And he goes, go get your bag. So I go get my bag. And he takes the gun out. And he's just like looking at it. Like literally just has like, he's just looking at it. And he just, for everybody listening and everybody watching, this is a trigger warning um, for domestic abuse, domestic violence, including guns, including hitting um, and panic. So if, if that is too much, stop listening, stop watching. Okay, so now um, he's looking, he's looking uh, and I am sitting like, at the edge of the bed, at the, like the side of the bed, legs like, you know, kind of like this, just like, I'm just like really kind of just proper, just sitting, not looking at him, no eye contact. Um, but you can kind of still see, you know? Um, he, he like hit, like hits me with the gun. It starts beating the shit out of me with the gun. So he hits me in the face and the head and, and I crouch down because that's your natural reaction. So he's like beating on my back. Um, I'm not allowed to whimper, cry or make any noise because there's people that live on the other side of the, <laughs> of the wall, you know? Um, so I already knew that. And of course he's telling me to shut up, but like, if you hit someone or something that's alive, it's going to make a noise. Uh, like that's just is what it is. So I was trying my hardest not to because I just didn't want to keep making him angry, um, because it would just be worse. So he does that. He's asking me questions, and I honestly just don't remember them at this point. Um, but then he sits down next to me and he is like, "Go turn off the light." So I have to get up and go turn off the light. So I turn off. Oh, wait, he didn't say turn off the light yet. So he's sitting next to me. This is actually really big now he's sitting next to me i'm still sitting the same exact way i'm sitting up he has he has this gun his his hand is on the fucking trigger but it's on his lap and he pulls the trigger and the way in which the gun was angled it actually hit my leg if it had been just like tilted a tiny bit up it would have hit my neck yeah from where he was sitting and so he didn't know that he pulled the trigger and he didn't realize that the, the gun had gone off, that it, it had ejected or whatever it's fucking called. Um, but I did. I heard it and I fucking felt it. And so now I'm realizing like he doesn't know that he fucking shot me in the leg. Um, and it's like burning. But I think there was just so much adrenaline kind of pumping through my body. I, like I acknowledged it. I felt that it happened but I don't think that, uh, it was debilitating. <clears throat> this is when he says to turn off the light. Cause at this point, I don't know what he's going to do, but he goes, you know, go turn off the light. So I went and I turned off the light and I ran out of the house. Oh, good. And, uh, apartment. And I, you know, those stairs, that's like stairs, stairs. I jumped to each platform, each landing and ran out of the building. It was pouring rain. Um, I didn't know what he was doing. I didn't know where he was. I ran around the neighborhood a little bit and just like hid behind, behind somebody's house, but where I could see if he was going to be driving or if he was going to be running after me. Cause in my mind, I'm like, okay, he's not prepared. He has like a tank top on inside. Like, I'm like, he doesn't think that I'm going to run out of the house. Yeah. So I have an advantage. He's not going to just get up and run. And he was also too inebriated to like do that. So I'm like, cool. I at least have an advantage. So I stayed there for a little bit and I'm just uh, waiting. And eventually I was like, okay. It's, and it's crazy because I can hear the sound of the rain. Uh, in that moment, I can 
feel it. I know what it smells like. I just, it was a, it was <laughs> freedom. Uh, and so I knew where there was a gas station. So I ran there. It was about a mile. Um, soaking wet, clothes soaking wet, socks soaking wet. I remember feeling the, like rocks and gravel. Like a bloody ass thigh. Like I could just imagine, like you're running on that. Thinking about that. I was like, I need to get to a person because I have no phone, no ID, no money. I have nothing. So I run down. I feel like it was like a Sunoco or something like that. It was at the corner of like a main street. Um, and this, because it was so late, like you couldn't, you couldn't go inside, but there was a person that was at the window. Um, and I'm like, hello. And he was like, oh my God, are you okay? And that's when I realized, cause I hadn't seen myself. That's when I realized like, oh, I must look fucking crazy. Um, and I was like, do you think that you could call the police for me? And he was like, yes, police were there in a second. There was like, there was ambulances, fire, firefighters, like police cars, everybody was there. Um, I didn't really know what to do. I just wanted to, 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 to leave. So, um, they're like, yeah, they're like, we're going to go, let's go to the house. Um, they're like, do you want to stay at like a hotel? I didn't have any money, uh, like with me. So I'm like, yeah, I just, I was so sheltered that I didn't know where anything was. I didn't know where there was a hotel. I didn't know where there was a motel. I knew nothing. I had, I had nothing and I knew nothing. Um, so they went, I felt like such a badass though. When I went back to the house, um, the apartment, excuse me. I had like six cops around me and they're all just like big brooding dudes. And I'm like, I feel, I feel like I'm protected. And that was such a moment for me because I, it just gave me confidence to be like, I can fucking leave. So we get into the, uh, apart apartment. Also, we had already gone to the police station and come back and they gave me like police socks and stuff like that. I was, it was so muddy that like my, I was just walking around. They didn't have any shoes. They had nothing. And I'm just so everything on me is just soaking wet. It was terrible. Um, so whatever. So we get back to the apartment and, um, he had left. So he wasn't there and his car wasn't there. So I was like, Oh, he's probably out looking for me. The way that our people was, it was like a larger people and it had a sliding thingy on the back and he left nails in it. And my, my, my thought was like, he wanted to see if I was going to come home and leave. And if those nails fell, he would know that I was there and left. That's crazy. Yeah. I had to get uh, a locksmith. So the police had the number of a locksmith. The locksmith charged me like $350 or something like that. Drilled out the, the lock. I not even be charged, girl. You just survived domestic abuse. Like, come on. That situation, like, the police should have, like, at least covered. I, there should have been something, but. Yeah. Well, I have my life and that's all I get. I don't care. I was that's like, okay. Yeah, yeah. There was money in the apartment. I was like, here's some cash. Like, thanks. See ya. Um, so I gathered everything that I could. He he took my purse and which had my phone, which had anything that I had in there. Um, now that I come to think of it. So here's here, I'm going to backtrack a little bit. I was already planning to leave and not come back. He was allowing me to visit my mom for her birthday, which also happened to be in May. He was allowing me to go see her and then come back. Uh, she was in Texas at the time. And so what we did, he needed, he always needed proof that of where I was going and what I was doing. So she emailed me the um, itinerary going and coming. And then, uh, so I showed that to him, everything was great. Um, But then she canceled the flight back. So he, unbeknownst to him, I was not coming back. And I I also just didn't have a flight. I knew that I needed to be out of New York state um, and away from him or else I would go back. And I knew that because I've done it X amount of times before. So I was like, if I'm with my mom, I'm not going back. If I don't have a flight back, I'm not, I'm good, not going back. And I'm going to, I'm going to kick this thing. I'm going to beat it. Absolutely. I had some sort of addiction to whatever was happening. I don't fucking know. So I had, I didn't have my phone, but I had an iPad and, um, that I think worked just like on Wi-Fi, and he didn't have that. So I took my, my iPad, um, the cops were in there. They were like, you know, watching me. They were like 
rushing me to get my shit. I was getting as much as I could. I left a lot behind as well. Um, and one of them was like, yeah, just, you know, after all this, you better not go back to him again. And I'm just like, it wasn't said out of care. It was said out of, you're probably going to do this again. They probably said so much of that, you know, pissed me the fuck off. I think I probably said, Oh, definitely not. Or I don't know what I said, but like, like, shut the fuck up. Like, what is, what is wrong with, why would you even say something like that? Like, do you think that that's helping me? Cause it's definitely not, but whatever. So they, I got my things. I, I, they took me to a motel. Um, I took some of the cash that we had at the apartment. They took me to a motel that was 100% used solely for prostitution. And you can tell by the way that it looked like a movie, the way that people were coming in and going out or whatever. Um, and then, uh, so I got a room for the night. I was able to get a hold of my mom via Wi-Fi on yeah. my, she changed my flight to the next morning and I was out and I left and I didn't go back to New York for two months. Now, did they catch him? Like, was he on the run? He turned himself in. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. So the next day, the district attorney um, called me, um, wanted my statement. Like, all the, I had I had given the statement to the police officers. And I also like they, they want all of they want the same statement like nine times. Fine. Um, I remember being in my bed at my mom's house. And I. That was like the first day of the rest of my life. It, chapter, babe. Yeah. It was like the sun was shining. I was woken up by birds chirping and like it, it, it was a a really beautiful day. And then, but I got woken up by that phone call, <laughs> but like, um, so we had that discussion and then I was out. I only stayed there one night and then I went out to California to stay with one of my friends who was really able to give me care and take care of me. I was broken. I was sad. I was devastated. I'm losing my best friend. I'm losing my only friend at that point. I was only allowed to have a few people in my phone, my mother, him, his mother, my lawyers from my car accident, and then work five. I was only allowed to have five contacts in my phone. And the only text messages was from my mom and from him. That's it. I was, I was not allowed to have any more. Of course he says, you can, but that just meant that it would be more issues if I did. So I'm like, what's the point? Yeah. You're just going to yell at me and, and punish me for having work friendships or having any, any, any type of friend. He used to yell at me for being on the phone with my mom for an hour. He'd be like, what the fuck are you guys even talking about? Sir, that's my mother. I don't know. We're talking about anything. It doesn't even matter. Like that's my mom. And he would make me go and hang out with his mom. I'm like, so, so, so that, that is that. And uh, I stayed out in California for about two months. Um, I was supposed to like work the day that I left or something like that. And I had to call them and I spoke with the manager and I said, I know that this sounds strange. I was like, but I was shot last night and I I will no longer be coming back to work because I don't, I, I moved. I'm not living in the state. And she was like, oh, um, okay. Well, thanks for letting us know. And I was like, you're welcome. <laughs> and like, did, wait, so did he, he turned himself in, went to jail and you have a restraining order, right? So we definitely had a restraining order. Um, I think he turned himself like in two days later. Um, he was in jail for Mother's Day, which was beautiful. I was very happy about that. Um, but he got out and faced no jail time because uh, he used the same lawyer that he used the first time he went to jail. Um, and they were, he was able to not do any um, jail time. And he is now a nurse. Um, yep. He is now, he, have... the, last, the last that I knew he was, he, um, doesn't really use social media, or at least he didn't, you know, the last time that me and like one of my friends tried to look him up and, uh, but we were able to see like he graduated and he worked 
says a nurse somewhere. I don't know. Oh, I have so many questions. Um, not even to use <laughs> the system and like gun possession that's illegal, shooting someone in the leg, domestic abuse, already went to jail for domestic abuse. Yep. <laughs> it just and up. Living his life. And so this kind of situation, right? Even if they clean up, it if they're not doing the self-work, there's a high probability it'll happen again. And that's what's yep. scary. It, it is happened. scary. Yeah. And it's scary <laughs> that I need I need people to do better. I need especially men that take women for granted to do better. I need abusers to do better. And I need the government and a lot of the system to do way fucking better. We need them to help us. <laughs> yes, like what? Their help. And how about this? Um, like what the fuck? Like so, I, I think that I still am healing. I mean, um, like I can imagine. Okay, you've been through. Well, I, yeah, that was. It, that's something that. Yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna take years. I mean, a lot happens. I mean, I think you're strong because like, I mean, look <laughs> at your flow up, you know? But it's, Hell yeah. it's something that, yeah, it's gonna haunt. But I, I hope these help though. Like I, I think a part of the podcast and you really helping people with their stories, I think is helping further healing for you. Well, I, I hope so. Like, I mean, this platform. It Once I started talking about it, I realized how much that was helping me. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to tell everybody that wants to listen. And truth be told, like there were times where I probably didn't need to like bring it up, but I did anyway. And like, people don't know how to react when you say, when you talk about something like that. I don't, I wouldn't know how, if I had never been in that situation, I wouldn't know how to react if somebody said these things to me. Um, I have, after the two months that I was out there, kind of like, you know, healing really. Um, I'm like, okay, well, what I need my, I need to like get my life back. I need to do something. Only place I really know, know, knew how to live was in New York. So I came back to New York. I stayed with family. Um, they were in Staten Island and I got a job and I did this and I did that. So I like was starting to save money. I was making money, which was so nice because the money, like I said, was not my own that I made when I was working for the uh, store in the mall. Uh, that was our money. Um, and you could either get a paycheck or you could get it put on a card, like, like a visa card. And he was like, no, let's put it on the visa card so we can just use it whenever we want. I'm like, it's not we, it's me, but it didn't matter. Um, so whatever. So I came back and of course I had a moment of weakness and I, uh, called him, uh, from a blocked number and answered. <laughs> and this was like late at night too. And he answered and he, I think he said, I think he like said like, hello, Megan or hello, or like he knew it was me. And I was like, hi or something hi it's I think I said it's like it's Megan or whatever and he was like no I know and I was like how do you know and he was like you're the only person that would call me from a blocked number (laughs) and I was like okay (laughs) and so um he was like yeah like how are you and I'm like you know okay and like of you like I I didn't know what to say. I don't know why. I have I needed closure. I think that's what it was. And so because it, it sounds like yeah, the closure for sure. I was I was like, I don't know why I'm even calling him, but whatever. So we talked for a moment and um like he asked if I was seeing anybody. I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> like I don't want to see anybody ever again. <laughs> um and I think I asked him and he was like, Yeah, I am. And I feel like he was lying, but whatever. So even a pot, like, and not, I mean, apologies on race, anything, but did he have any remorse? No, I'm sorry. Not- so you- <laughs> Ready for this. So he, so we talked about that for a second. I, I started crying. Cause to me, I'm like, it's two months later. Like I am fucking traumatized. And no, you're like, the remorse. Like, are you just- fucking kidding me? And he was like, but you know, he goes, it's just some whatever. 
he's like don't 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 worry about it he was like it's just some like girl that I work with and like she's so stupid she is not like you you are so much smarter than her and I'm like what <laughs> like what is how why are you doing that and that's why I was like I don't even think it was was just trying to say that to like get me to feel a certain way and probably to get me to cry and I did but uh and it made me feel unimportant and it made me feel like nothing mattered and maybe I should have died and you know it was like all of these other things and so we got to talking about it and he was like I don't understand like what you couldn't stay and we couldn't like work out I said you fucking shot me he was like, no, I did like, no, I was like, I know that you don't understand that, that what happened, but this is what happened. I'm like, you, you shot me with a gun. Yeah, I'm like, sir, you lit. He was like, oh, wasn't like, it's not that it wasn't a big of a, that big of a deal. And I'm like, all right, well, and then he wanted to get together. He was like, you know, Megan, when you left, like you were my number one best friend and you took that away from me. So here we are. He's the victim somehow. And he's like, I would really love if we could get together, like and have lunch somewhere. It could be in a public place. He literally was like, it can be in a public place if you don't feel safe. I was like, it's not that I don't feel safe. I feel fine. I was like, I'm not afraid of you. I just think you're a fucking psychopath. And I don't, I need, like, I definitely needed to get stuff off of my chest and say to him um that was the last time I spoke to him and he had been looking I reopened my Facebook at that time and he clearly had looked because I had my uh little septum ring and I like sneezed or something and I, I said oh excuse me and he's like yeah it's probably that ring in your nose and I'm like no it's not <laughs> like it's like you, but he's just saying these little things to be like I'm watching you like I see you and I'm like no it's not it's I it's can't just dusty trash trash um i did see him i was working uh in times square area and i you know you know somebody's walk i saw him walking and i was like oh my god i literally almost hid i had this fucking feeling in the right in the pit of my stomach and i was like you're okay stop 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 stop, stop, stop. correct this behavior because you're okay and so i breathed about it for a second i was like oh my god that was just him he didn't come into where I was or nothing like that, but it was just fucking weird. And that was it. I never saw him again and I never reached out again. And nope, and that was it. That, <laughs> I just want to say, I'm so proud of you. Um, Thank you. Yeah, I, as we wrap up, I do want to ask you, um, do you have any advice for anyone that is going through this or you know just anything because your story um I think it's amazing in the sense of like surviving right and yeah. and moving on and really working on yourself through the trauma and being open about it by the way like the vulnerability is really key to this because a lot of people stay in these relationships because they they don't know better they don't have the resources and they're scared of the vulnerability so yeah what would be I any advice you want to give uh, well you got my heart pounding um listen to your friends because they see way more than you do in this situation. My friends tried really fucking hard to get me to see what I couldn't. You're in the relationship. You're like, no, but when it's really good, it's really good. When we're on, we're on, you know, and uh, it's not fucking worth it. And there are literally billions of people if you think that there's just one that one person for you and you think that you deserve to get your ass beat for a, literally no because they they don't want to control themselves that ain't it and if you have any inkling if you have any doubt get the fuck out I tried I wanted to mention this before I tried to leave and go to a shelter it was a three-month waiting period and I literally was on the phone and I said to them but what happens if something happens to me before then there was no answer so listen to your friends, listen to your instinct, listen to your heart, listen to your gut. And we all have that. And um, that's, all, that's all I can say. <laughs> I love you. And yeah, I love this friendship that we built just through podcasting, to be honest. Um, you're amazing. And yeah, I don't like, sorry to like leave on a depressive note, but it's just, it's so, um, yeah I was gonna say I was like I, I know the tone if anyone's listening could seem like oh shit it's dark whatever but I don't I think, heavy. 
Yeah, yeah, heavy is the right, right word, yes. Um, but I really do think your, your story is powerful. It is empowering. Um, I even feel motivated by you. You know, like I didn't, I mean, I never experienced that extreme, but I, I had an abusive relationship a few years ago where I did let him hit me a few times. And I thought it's because when we're good, we're good. And, you know, just hearing your story and I know the bad bitch that you are, it, it's amazing to see the kind of confidence and also also vulnerability. Like that combination is beautiful because like people could think that it could be weakness, but it's not. It's being open, being sensitive, but also having boundaries and not taking shit. Yes. And I, I just want to give you all the kudos on the, on this episode. You girl, you, you are so strong and I'm excited to have you on more and everything. And yeah, I'm going to put some hotlines in the description of this too. Cause I think, um, yes, you're, please. you're doing such good work right now, just by sharing your story. So I, I want people to be able to have like these kind of hotlines, God forbid. Right. But um, yeah. thank you for everything. And I'm going to have you on more. You are fucking amazing and strong. And never forget that. I'm not going to forget it. Never again. Thank you very much for having me. This was wonderful, as always. <laughs> Literally fucking amazing. Um, but I'll talk to you later. Bye. Talk to you later. Anana Tings. Oh my God, I am back. Um, <laughs> I feel so excited to be doing this and I feel like this feels like a hangout right now because maybe I haven't, a few reasons. I haven't released an episode since January 31st of 2022, which is fucking crazy because we're already in April. So I was like, what was I doing? Um, also because I live alone for the first time ever. So for me, I've been spending a lot of alone time in LA and this is just exciting to get into it. So yes, I am back. Hey everyone, I miss you all. Listen, I do a lot as an artist, right? I perform, I write, I curate podcasts and all this extra shit. But there's something about podcasting because I am so vocal as a human and I try to see both sides to everything as a Libra, right? And... I feel like podcasting for me is is really therapeutic and I am able to collaborate with other beautiful humans in this world about a lot of stuff. So with that being said, I've been reading this amazing book, The Velvet Rage, which is about uh, a gay man growing up in a straight man's world. And I do want to start a new series called Growing Up Gay. And I really want to talk about a lot of the things that we're not talking about in our community, like those moments when we were 14 or, or closeted and uh, we question our existence, right? Like, not not fully suicidal, but moments being like, I wish I wasn't gay or things like that, right? Or uh, topics like harassment and assault, like, why do we downplay, you know, men grabbing our ass and dick as, like, not a level of assault when it is, you know? Like, I've, I've personally have been groped several times and I, and I at, at this point, it's more than I can count, which is sad. Um... But yeah, so I I've, I'm back on this podcast, really fucking motivated with y'all um, to really get into a lot of shit. But obviously, if I'm doing a comeback, it has to be a tings tea time. Um, I forgot to buy tea in my <laughs> new apartment, though, so I'm just drinking hot water and lemon. Let me take a sip. She had a little Sunday fun day yesterday, so a little bit too much. Mm. But yeah. All right, let's get into some things. So I moved to LA. In this episode, I really just want to go over, like, things that have been happening in my life the past two months, a little, like, catch-up moment and all that. So, yes. So, I decided in... Well, I've been wanting to move to L.A. for a few years, actually. And it was just money, saving, right time, which I've realized there really is no fucking right time. Like, strict when the iron's hot, right? And I decided December of last year... Uh, so a few months ago, I like woke up and was like, yo, I'm just going to go. And I bought a ticket and got an Airbnb. So I came out here in March. So we're a little over, I would say about what, six weeks of me being here, six to seven weeks. Um, and I've learned a lot. Uh, I personally think it was the right move for me. Um, I can definitely see myself out here for a while, like honestly, even like a decade. Um, the goal is though to be traveling all around the world 
performing, right? Especially, like, New York. Like, I love my home still. Granted, shit's crazy these days. And I I really need the universe to get its shit together and, and these cities to get their shit together. But, um, yeah, I... So I came out here and I brought my baby girl, Onyx. And I... The first two weeks, I will say, my anxiety was definitely at an all-time high, right? Because I'm out here cross-country, trying to live my dream, not knowing what's going on, in an Airbnb, which my hosts were amazing, but I'm just in one room, right? I have my cat I'm juggling with, and I'm trying to make friends, I'm trying to do all of this. And it honestly could feel really overwhelming, and you all know that I am super big on mental health awareness, and also just like really checking on yourself and a lot of self-love going on. And there was a moment, you know, where I had that regular adult, you know, not even adult, it could be all kinds of human anxiety in the sense of, am I doing the right thing, right? When you start questioning yourself a little bit, but a lot of things started flowing in my way. Um, I went to some events, I got signed by an amazing agency, I finally started booking some SAG work and I started getting my flow. And for me, this work ethic, I have a really big work ethic. So the first two weeks when I was not doing shit, I was like, what's going on? Like, I'm broke from moving, Um, I'm not working and I'm not doing anything. Um, but yeah, now talking to you all, I've realized that I did it. You know, I, first of all, coming from New York, I've never had my own apartment, nor can I afford my own apartment. Being in LA, I'm like, oh my God, I have a studio. I am independent. And like, I'm getting a little teary eye as I'm talking to you because I think it's finally hitting me because when I first moved here, I was in an Airbnb. I was hosting my friend. I was hosting my mom. I was hosting my other friend after. And so a lot, I didn't really have a lot of uh, alone time to really sink in with everything. And yeah, you know, Antonio, you did that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, let's get into some experience these past six weeks. I'm going to start first with remembering who you are. So I had a friend of almost a decade and they sort of got this reputation of being I I wouldn't say fake but just like not what they were like authentic like very judgy very bitchy whatever and I always let it like fly by not like the meanest but like I'd be like okay maybe someone's just talking shit about them or they had a falling out with this person like you know what I mean like I don't fully have that experience with you you know I get here the first week and I made some new friends off of Twitter, which is awesome. They like welcomed me and we watched Drag Race together and I was jet lagged. And I told this person like, hey, I'm gonna go to bed. It's 10 o'clock, like I'm not going out. They got so pissed on me, at me. And I'm gonna get pissed on me. <laughs> they got so pissed at me that they threatened for me to never text them again and cut me off if I don't go out, which I thought was a little absurd. And since then we haven't talked. and. It's crazy because that happened on my third night in LA. And I was like, you know, just now imagine my anxiety, right? Imagine my jet lag and then imagine that happening. And I'm like, like, is this, and then me being like the witchy person I am, I'm like, is this a universe sign? Like, is this bad? Da da da. And then I realized I was like, no, you know, I do believe in obstacles and I do believe in universal tests for growth. And I believe that my first week was really challenging with already losing friends, you know, um, a lot of money anxiety, a lot of trying to find an apartment, which side note, trying to find an apartment out of here could be a mess because everything goes by so quick. Um, and for me, it, it was just one of those quick reminders that I always preach in my poetry, my podcasts that, you know, it's, it's really like what RuPaul says, if those bitches ain't pay, paying your bills, pay them no mind. Because I think we get set on trying to please people sometimes and we don't realize that like a lot of what they're projecting or what hate they're giving could be their own kind of they need to go on their own fucking journey it's actually not your fault you're just in their crossfires because they have no one else to aim the heat at you know um see that was a little weird and like while we're on this topic of like knowing who you are so y'all know my whole like spiel on dating apps right and how i really do love organic connections and honestly being out here I have made better organic connections as friends and love interests already and collaborators for art. I did have a moment, obviously, because like I am one of those people where I'm like, let me try, let me see the scene. 
was like, let me download Grinder for a moment for like a hot minute. Yeah, not about it. You get a lot of views. It was just, girl, I'm not even gonna try to shade LA in this right now, but some of these guys out here are wild. Like, can we take a second to just, I don't know, man. I don't know, like, I'm, oh my God, so this one I actually met organically, but I met this person at a bar a few weeks ago and was cute, whatever, we were talking, but then got psycho. And like, listen, I've had my fair share of crazy, which side note, the guy that I yelled at the bar this past weekend, sorry, send you love. I was in the bathroom peeing, fixing my bodysuit. Maybe I was in there for three minutes, but I understand everyone was drunk from day drinking and I was really tired, but I was already like seven drinks in and they kept banging on the door and I just kept hearing them like, oh, there's this person, da, da, da. And I just had a moment where I was like, yo, why can't people just shut the fuck up, right? Or like, just breathe. Like, I'm literally in there. Let's see if I could do my math right. I'm in there 180 seconds. Like, li like literally, you're okay, Kim. You're okay. <laughs> Before I lose my train of thought. Um, let me get back into it real quick. I, I'm over here like, wait, what was I just saying? I was going on to a really good tangent on LA. Oh yes, yeah, so the guy. Um, so we were gonna hang out and like two hours go by, no message. Then they text me they're on their way. Maybe an hour goes by, still not on their way. Then I let them know like, hey, yo, I'm about to go to bed. Like I have work tomorrow, literally at 5 a.m. And they're like, oh, I'm worth the wait you don't know LA, you just moved here. It's gonna eat you up and starts going off on me. Like I'm, I'm not gonna be able to survive in LA, they're from LA. And I literally wrote back, I was like, I don't care for your unsolicited advice. I was like, I'm from New York, I, you don't see me flexing right now, like you're good. And they just went spastic and I'm like, but you know, I think the biggest lesson that I'm getting at here is be you and stick up for what you believe in. As I've gotten older, you know, I'm 30 now, I don't give a fuck. And I also don't fucking care to state my opinion now. Like, I, listen, I'm not trying to be one of those people that, like, is going to pick a fight with everyone, but I'm also not going to bite my tongue. Like, I am going to let you know, like, yo, you're fucking aggressive or that is harassment. Like, I've had people whether it's on Grindr, text message, or just other things. Like, even like, this is my big thing. I, I had a spiel about this too, that like unsolicited dick pics. Like, why are we in a culture where someone thinks that like, they could just send their hole or their penis? Like, no. Did I give consent? Like, my eyes don't wanna see that, unless I wanna see it. And feel the vibe. If you're having a regular conversation and you send that, that's a no-no, honey. If you're dirty talking, you're all fucking, and you're talking, and there's a vibe, okay, read the room, read the text chat. <laughs> when it comes to everything else, I'm over here like, oh, honey, it, it's, it's a no for me. But um, anyways, yeah, so that is part one of my LA experience, and there is more to come, but I am just going to get a quick sip of water. <laughs>